guys welcome to a bonus episode of the somali nomad i'm your host sammy and once again for the fifth time i have fan favorite steve aka red pill steve back once again by popular demand steve my man it's been a minute uh last i talked to you was back in november we're now in december had to get you back as uh your previous episode uh, uh blew up and people enjoyed uh the topic in regard to you know how uh, men should keep their options open and uh, you know and basically c- cut loose on like uh, on uh, potential uh, suitors and all that jazz and uh, yeah I want to bring you back as uh, I got a fellow uh, people message me in regards to you know um, uh, specific topics they want to bring that up uh, even I have a topic I want to bring up with you as well but uh, yeah man How's it going, Steve? I know you're uh, sipping your shisha at the moment. Uh, and yes, everybody, we are back at his favorite shisha spot once again. That's the only way I can catch this guy. But uh, yeah, Steve, man, what's going on, bro? Not much. Uh, thank you, Sammy, for having me back. Um, hope everyone, hope everybody's uh, enjoyed the uh, previous episodes. Um, I listened to them myself, and uh, Sammy was telling me that uh, a lot of the uh, viewers... <coughs> Uh, enjoyed uh, what I had to say Um, and I think it's great you know I think it's good for people to hear Uh, of course not uh, no one has to not everyone has to agree right we all have our opinions Uh, but it's great no I'm happy to be back and yes we are we are back at uh, the usual shisha spot yeah awesome awesome Uh, so yeah uh, let's get this uh, show on the road Uh, first things first is actually uh, a question that I actually got uh, from uh, a couple guys I was just speaking with recently, and they actually did want to ask and get your thoughts on this as well. It's a regard to masculine energy, uh, basically in women and lack of it in men. Um, it's something I think me and you we've talked about briefly in an episode, but it's not uh, not on a consistent basis. Uh, this is something like a lot of guys kind of picked up, especially some of my Somali friends as well, um, in regards to like how guys don't act like men. Um, they don't like they don't carry themselves like men most of the time uh, like you kind of mentioned it before like beta males right uh, or guys who are blue pilled uh, but at the same time there are women that you know are that, that kind of carry masculine energy which I want you to explain and, and talk about that a little bit more and like why like wh- why that term is very you know uh, unique in regards to how women um, carry themselves around compared to how men carry themselves around and why men lack masculine energy most of the time nowadays and why women carry that masculine energy and where that you, where do you think that stems from? So the floor is yours, my man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, so I think this is a, <clears throat> a very important topic uh, that people should understand um, because everyone, men and women, 
uh, we carry energy, right? We carry masculine energy, we carry feminine energy. Uh, sometimes we carry both, right? We're human beings. Uh, and it's based on our, our genetics, our biology, uh, our, our hardwiring uh, as human beings. Um, <clears throat> the thing with masculine energy and the lack of it uh, in men, um, in, in the dating world, uh, you know, in their professional lives, their personal lives, uh, marriage, whatever, uh, it's a big issue uh, in today's society, in the social media age, the digital age, where um, <clears throat> where basically women um, are being valued, they're over, they're being overpriced. Their value is overpriced tenfold because of the social uh, media age, um, and the problem is that. Uh, because we're we're living in a feminized society, uh, we're seeing a lot of men lack this masculine energy, uh, you know, their masculine frame. Now the thing is, is that um, there's several reasons why men lack masculine energy. You know, you'll see a lot of men who were raised in single parent households, especially like if they were raised in a uh, a single parent household by the mom if they were raised by the mom um, a lot of these men will lack masculine energy because right they never had that father figure or older brother role model uh, role model right they never had a, a masculine male in their life um, and th this is this is mostly <clears throat> from the men who grow up in households where uh, only the mom was around or both parents were around but the mom was the boss of the house right and the the husband was of course you know uh lack lacking that role lacking that masculine energy so as as the boys grow up right they 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 learn from this now sorry for for a man to remain in his masculine frame and to be in his masculine frame at all times is very important in all aspects of life but we'll just stick to dating for now uh, for dating and marriage um, because what happens is when when the man crosses over into feminine energy and now he's carrying feminine energy and the woman is carrying masculine energy this is basically a recipe for disaster because when women are dating women want to look up to the person they're dating you know they want to look up to the man they're dating um they don't want to feel that they're you know on the same level equal no contrary to what you guys might believe the women want to look up to the man they're dating as a leader as a protector um now the thing is oftentimes you'll see men lose that masculine frame because what happens is you know when a man uh dates a girl let's say it's a it's a new girl he met that he's dating if he feels that he's not good enough if he feels that she can do better than him what happens is uh the scarcity mindset kicks in right the insecurities so naturally he will lose that masculine frame that he thought he had and he'll shift into that more of a 
comedian goofy frame so a lot of men who feel that they're not good enough for the woman they'll try and make up for it by you know playing the goofy comedian card trying to make her laugh this is you know you can say this is feminine energy or not i think it is but the problem is is that when a man loses track of his purpose in life when he puts her first in his life when he um when he puts her in front of everything else his friends his hobbies um his career what what ends up happening is um she will slowly move into that masculine energy the woman i mean right as a woman you need to uh as a woman she needs to be in that feminine energy but when she's in that masculine energy um what what happens is it's not good for the relationship because you can't have both people so for example if the man is in his masculine energy and the woman's in his feminine energy and her feminine energy that's good when a man is in his feminine the woman cannot also be in her feminine okay because when a man is in his feminine energy he's showing those weak behaviors those insecure needy behaviors okay uh you know those goofy comedian type behaviors and that will naturally make her shift into her masculine energy and how do you know a woman's in her masculine energy when she's bitchy when she's bossy when she's not cooperative right um you know when she's trying to potentially take the lead okay a lot of times this is because of the man's shortcomings right now another thing i want to point out is there's some women out there who are masculine no matter what they just naturally have this um this masculine frame and it, it's it's not actually something it's not the guy's fault it's just some women are like that in general so there's a lot of women who um you'll notice that a lot of women bring masculine energy those women are like that always you know you, you'll see a lot of women in their 30s whatever their 40s their late 20s they're single but they're really good looking you know a lot of times these women are very masculine they want to be that masculine bossy you know i lead the relationship kind of way those kind of bitches um th those women are just masculine in general but when you notice in a relationship right usually at the beginning right the woman is in her feminine energy the man is in his masculine energy right he's doing all the right things right as men as men uh we're good at at the beginning uh of doing the right things to attract the woman but what happens is when he's done those things to attract her all the right things you know as a with that with that masculine frame you know six months down the line eight months down the line he the 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 real side of him comes in right at the beginning he's showing the representative side of himself you know act you know doing all the right things to get her but what happens is um generally speaking my dudes when you see your girl at some point acting bitchy and she's shifting into that masculine energy and you're like what's going on why is this like this you look in the mirror off more times than not the problem is because the man has stopped he stopped being that guy that he was at the beginning okay meaning he's no longer in his masculine frame 
he's not leading he's become very boring he's he stopped giving her an experience okay with men if you want to maintain that attachment with a woman you always have to give her an experience okay so what does that mean that means don't be sitting on the fucking couch every night or every time you guys hang out you stay at home no you have to give her an experience you go out and do something go take a fucking walk <clears throat> go take her to an art show okay because what happens is when you start becoming boring, okay, that will put a woman in her masculine energy, right? She will, uh, she, um, she'll get bored of that woman. When a woman gets bored, okay, when, when a woman gets bored, she shifts into her uh, masculine energy because you have slowly lost the attachment. In order for you to keep a woman in her feminine energy, you have to maintain that attachment. That means... You keep pursuing your purpose. You remain in your masculine frame. You don't put her first. You don't put her on a pedestal. You don't buy her gifts all the time. Compliment her every day. All that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're basically... You're treating her almost as if like she's on the back burner. You know? She comes third or fourth in your life. After your purpose. After your friends and family and your hobbies. Okay? But... Basically to sum it up... A woman will shift into her masculine energy because the man has shifted into his feminine energy. How do men shift into their feminine energy? When they're showing insecurities, when they're becoming needy, when they are, um, when they've become boring, okay? Because like I said, a man always has to give a woman the ex that experience. But when you're a guy who's al who always wants to do the same thing, okay, you're always sitting at home on the fucking couch, okay? Women, at some point, they're going to move into that masculine energy because a woman needs that excitement, okay? When you no longer bring excitement to her life, when you're no longer giving her that experience, she will shift into her feminine, uh, her masculine energy. When, you become, when you're becoming insecure and needy, okay? Uh, when you want to spend more time with her than she wants to spend with you. When, you know, you're always being insecure about things that you don't need to be insecure about, you know, like... You know how men are, for example, like, uh, you know, if you think there's another dude involved, if you, whatever, whatever insecurity you're showing, this will put her into the masculine energy. And then that's when the bitchiness comes out. That's when uh, she stops pursuing you. She starts, she stops chasing your validation. Okay. Uh, so those are some of the things and I'll add more um, in a bit. I'll just let Sammy take over. Yeah, absolutely. I can 100% uh, co-sign on a lot of the stuff uh, that Steve is saying in regard to uh, masculine energy. And the reason why like, I want to actually bring that up is because it's a lot of guys, uh, a lot of brothers I know, Somali brothers, that kind of notice that trend with uh, like women they've talked to or uh, women they're, they're seeing or even women they're married as well where they are in their masculine energy most of the time. Uh, and, you know, honestly, like you're right in the end. It's all about like it's on the guy itself. If the guy doesn't can't bring bring his energy up and... I try to act like a man, of course, you know, like someone else will have to step up and normally it'll be that it'll be the girl. Listen, and by the way, masculine energy doesn't mean you act like the Terminator with, a, you know, a poker face, acting all tough and not saying anything. No, masculine energy means you don't act goofy. You're not trying to make her laugh all the time with jokes, okay? You're a man on his purpose, whatever that is, whatever your goals are, school, career, you know, um, 
business, okay? You have hobbies. You have a life outside of her. You're not chasing her validation. She's chasing your validation. These are how you stay in your masculine energy and, and keep her in her feminine energy. When you're giving her an experience, okay? At the beginning, when a guy's with a girl, the first few months, whatever, oh, it's great. He's giving her an experience. He's taking her here. They're doing things together. Six months in, one year in, that guy becomes very comfortable and boring okay he becomes comfortable what happens he always wants to stay home he doesn't want to do anything he wants to do the same things with her over again a woman cannot it, it your relationship will not survive women they need excitement okay i'm not saying you have to go fucking skydiving one weekend and fucking go to the rocky mountains the next weekend no what i'm saying is you know you go to a cafe you take her to a new spot. You go to the you know local fucking flea market or festival or whatever. Just get the fuck out of the house and do new things, okay? Because that's another way that women shift into the masculine energy. When they're getting bored, when you're no longer providing that excitement, that experience, okay? That will put them in the masculine energy, okay? So that's – I just wanted to be clear on that. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, uh, this, it's something that has been like a ongoing topic. I've been hearing from uh, like a lot of guys I've spoken with, and uh, I'm glad like at least you kind of like talked about it and at least given some advice of how to deal with uh, like, for example, if men are in their own feminine energy, how to get out of that, and how uh, you if you're with, seeing somebody like a girl and she has her masculine energy, how to de-escalate that. Oh yeah, and to the dudes who want to know, okay, how do I be more masculine? You know, if you think that it's a problem that you have, you know, if like I said, if you're one of those guys who grew up just raised by the mom, you know, if your dad wasn't around, if you never had a uh, like a male role model in your life growing up, the best way to develop that mas masculinity is to just hang out with more masculine people. That's the only thing, really. So, you know, if your friends. Aren't, if you're chilling with guys who are kind of like you, if you know they're very goofy comedian type, if they're not masculine, you know, you, in in this kind of case, your best bet is to just hang out with more people who are who have a better masculine frame. That's the only thing, right? Um, so it's it's just self development, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I guess we could put that uh, topic at the bed, but uh, like I guess like Steve has said before in multiple episodes, uh, if you guys want to listen to more of those kind of topics, uh, listen to AMS, uh, Rolo Tomasi, uh, these other guys as well. Yeah, Rolo Tomasi, AMS, also known as, known as Alpha Male Strategies. Um, he has his YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to his Patreon um, as a membership. I think the cheapest is like 5 or 10 bucks a month. Uh, Rolo Tomasi is great, uh, and Rich Cooper, also known as Entrepreneurs in Cars, he has a YouTube channel, uh, and all three of these guys have books out, so I highly recommend uh, you guys um, digest what they have to offer. It's free education, basically, and uh, it's red pill content, and uh, they're just, you know, in a, in, in a feminized world, you know, these guys are needed. All right, so... Red Pill Steve got his uh, plugs in as usual. <laughs> kind of always said, let him get away from that. But uh, yeah, we'll move on from a different topic. And this is something that uh, I actually want to ask in regards to 
Uh, obviously, we're both not married, but this is something uh, we've heard a lot about. I've heard it on, on podcasts as well, and it was something I actually wanted to bring up. Um, I actually heard this recently. I was listening to a podcast uh, from an actor called Michael Rosenbaum. Everybody knows him from Lex Luthor Smallville. Uh, it's called Inside of You. And he was interviewing uh, a while ago an actress named uh, Katie Salkoff. She uh, plays uh, Boko uh, Katan on uh, The Mandalorian, I believe. And she was talking about how uh, she got a prenup for her marriage when she got married last year in 2020. And, uh, and how she tr- uh, treated marriage marrying this guy uh, to like a business merger which was kind of strange when I was thinking about it I was like that's interesting like um, treating marriages like a business merger like I, w- I want to know what's your thoughts on that and like like and the thoughts of like you know getting a prenup because in Muslim society and Muslim uh, couples most of the time a lot of them don't do prenups so is that something you recommend especially for guys nowadays that are all on their grind all about getting money as much as they can and, you know, like, they do investments and stuff like that, and they make a shitload of money. And then they marry somebody, and then a year or two later, they divorce, and the girl gets half of that. You know what I mean? So, and I've heard these kind of stories. I've heard it from a lot of brothers as well, that they've, they've been divorced and stuff like that. Even friends of mine as well who have been divorced, and girls have taken half of their money, you know, and they weren't smart about it. So is that something you recommend? And, like, what's your thoughts on, like, what I mentioned earlier, this actress it's basically saying that she treats her marriage like a business merger, where in the end, she still wants to keep her asset if anything goes wrong. Well, if we look at it today uh, in the Western world, majority, I'm, I don't know what the, the, uh, the actual stats are, so don't quote me on this, but I think the divorce rate is, what, between 40 to 40? 50, 55% in the Western world. So the divorce rate is pretty fucking high, right? And most of these divorces are being initiated by who? Obviously the woman, right? Just like relationships. Uh, women end most of the relationships. It's not the men. Um, so the thing is, you know... Um, I think prenups are very important. Uh, it's something I would definitely get if I uh, do get married someday. The thing is, is this, right? I mean, there's so many cases out there. Like, like, like I've said, it divorce rate is like, like what, fifty percent? You know, you lose half of what you've worked for. You know, um, that's something you got to think about. But the problem is, is that when people get married, you know, they're in that stage of like oh you know we love each other happily ever after blah 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 you know but the reality is that divorce rates are high right so if the divorce rates weren't so high um then because like i said a lot of people think like oh we'll get married happily ever after we'll never get divorced it'll never be us but think about every couple that's been divorced when they first got married, they never thought that either. They never thought they'd be divorced either. But guess what happened a year after, five years after, 10 years, 20 years after, right? So the thing is, when you're married, you don't know what happens five years down the line, 10 years down the line. Nobody can tell the future, right? The person you married today might not be the same person you married 10 years ago, right? So, yeah, prenups are a safe bet, especially if you're a successful person, Right? You know, if if you have a high net worth, if you own multiple properties, a business, whatever. Um, I I personally know people who have uh, 
really taken a hit financially because they didn't sign a prenup. Now, here's the thing. Uh, one sec, I'm going to take a puff of my uh, shisha. By the way, if, everyone, if anyone wants to know, my flavor is blueberry mint. That's the only one I smoke. Fuck double apple. Okay, so, yeah, regarding uh, Muslims, well, first of all, yeah, marriage is, is kind of like a business transaction, right? It is somewhat of a business transaction, right? You're signing yourself into a marriage with someone else. Now you're both, you're in it financially, right? Uh, house, car, raising kids, all that costs money, right? So yeah, you can say it's kind of like a business transaction. Uh, whether you want to look at it that way or not, it, I mean, the reality is the reality. Now, with Muslim uh, marriages, um, yeah, prenups are not a, really a thing in Muslim marriages um, because... With Muslims, typically the idea of divorce is not an option, right? We don't get divorced. Like, that's the, the whole idea behind it. Uh, but again, you never know. And in today's Western world, uh, even Muslim women are gravitating towards this whole feminist shit. And, you know, um, the thing is, when Muslims get married, there is sort of like a Pre, it, it kind of in a sense like you know when you when you sign the marriage when you get married religiously you you're kind of uh well it's basically like a specific type of money like uh, i've got the, the term is uh somalis uh we call it um it escapes the top of my head but uh yeah it's like a specific money you give to the family uh beforehand yeah so basically it's like an insurance policy like when the man gets married to the girl uh her family and his family they come up with an amount uh, that he would give to her um, and I know in some cases he gives some upfront, and uh, the rest will be given if they actually get divorced it's called dowry yeah dowry okay yes yes it slipped my mind so basically uh, for example I know a guy who got married and part of his dowry um, he gave her half the money up front half later meaning half later like if they get divorced so that's like an insurance policy for the girl so that's kind of like a prenup um, but that's not like that's like the Muslim prenup that's not like the actual prenup like for example when you actually get your marriage uh, certificate right when you sign an actual prenup so the thing is is that um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's tricky because if you're gonna marry a woman, like right, like um, to the, my Muslim friends, if you're gonna marry a woman and you expect her to stay at home, raise the kids, not work anymore, basically she has no income. She's relying on you, right? So in that case, that woman needs some kind of security or insurance policy in case you guys get divorced, right? And that's usually where the dowry comes in. But you know, if you as a man you're going to marry a woman and you want her to stay at home, meaning she has no job, no income, and her income is you, then, yeah, you, you got to work something out where, you know, she can get something if you guys get divorced, right? Because it's kind of not fair. She's out of the workforce for so many years. She's just at home, not using her education if she has one or not. Uh, one sec, I'm going to take a puff. 
So, yeah, prenups are an important thing, but it's something that's not really talked about because, you know, it's a sensitive topic, right? The, the one side that wants to do the, like, it, it's sensitive because it's like you're kind of giving the impression that, like, oh, we might get divorced, right? And like I said, with Muslims, it's not really, they don't think about divorce, but the reality is divorces happen even with Muslims, although Muslims have the lowest divorce rates because the one thing about Muslim women is the majority of them are willing to stay in an unhappy relationship, so she's not labeled as a divorcee in the community, right? It is what it is. Um, but nonetheless, Muslims do get divorced too. Um, so there's not much to say, but the fact of the matter is, is if you want to be on the safe side, uh, men should get that prenup, regardless of what your religion or background is. If she refuses to get the prenup, if she's offended by it, then you might want to rethink if this is someone you want to marry. A lot of guys will just, you know, brush it off. Oh, you know, there's no need for a prenup, blah, blah, blah. But again, like I said, if, if this is a woman that is going to be a stay-at-home mom where she won't have an income, where, you know, she might have a previous educational background, like, you know, she went to school, but now she's sitting at home all day raising the kids. A woman like that, yeah, she it makes sense for, to, for her to have some kind of security or insurance policy. So you, that's something you guys should work out, right? Usually the dowry comes in. But anyways... Um, overall, I would say prenups are important, um, especially if you're a man who, uh, right? If you have, if you're wealthy, if you have a, if you're really successful, if you, you know, I don't know, if you own multiple things, properties, like if you have a lot of money at the end of the day, right? So uh, that's kind of your insurance policy. Um, again, it's a sensitive topic. No one wants to talk about. Okay, well. What do we do in case we get divorced? You know, how do we do things financially, at, you know, and for the divorce? No one wants to talk about that when they're getting married, right? Because people get married, they think about, okay, we're going to live happily ever after, have kids, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's kind of seen as like a negative thing, right? Which I completely understand, especially with Muslim marriages. But um, that's something that you would have to talk about, uh, you as a man. Your best option for the men who are thinking of getting prenups is talk to a lawyer talk to a lawyer who specializes in divorce those people know better than anybody else right they know the law that's what they do for their career they deal with divorces they deal with prenups um so that's all i gotta say about that guys um watch your back you know uh your best bet is to probably get a divorce talk to a lawyer who specializes in prenups and divorces um and yeah, and um, again, it, it it it's subjective, right? It just comes down to the individual, and you know, yeah. Yeah, it's not just uh, only for the guys; it's even for the women too. Like I mentioned before, I uh, passed uh, the mic to um, Steve. Like the actress uh, Katie Sokoff, like she was the one who initiated the prenup when uh, when I when I was like, oh wow, you know, like I think it's too. She's a very famous Hollywood actress, so. And, like, previously, I believe she was, like, I think seeing somebody for, like, seven, eight years. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot it was. It's the guy who uh, plays, um, uh, he's an actor in The Boys. I forgot his name. is Carl Urban. And, yeah, like, apparently, like, if she got married to him for, for that, uh, like, if she was married to him, she would have lost half of that. So that was kind of, like, her main thinking of, like, setting up prenup, you know. So it's not just for guys. It's even for women as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you'll see a lot of women who are successful. Uh, they'll go for prenups too. I, I don't think so much women. Obviously, it's more the men. Um, of course, with uh, celebrities, um, that that's a whole other thing, right? They're on a different level. But for the average, uh, average citizens, yeah, it's usually the men. Um, but yeah, men, uh, just think about it. You look into it at least. Talk to a lawyer about it. Talk to your family about it. I don't fucking know, and you'll 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 know if it's right or if it's right for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, the funny thing is, is, I had a friend of mine who mentioned uh, he was joking about this like a week or two ago. He's like, for the women um, uh, who don't want to get prenup, they sure love to get their men on mortgages, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. He said uh, basically like, oh, like for the women who don't want to get prenups, they sure, sure love to get their men on mortgages. Yeah, because let's be real, women they want security, right? They it's, it's hypergamy. So, um, yeah, um, just uh, just be careful, man. Just look at the stats out there. Um, the stats don't lie. Um, and if you are a wealthy man, a rich man. You have more to lose. Just put it that way, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, for both men and women, you know, uh, be very careful. Always protect your assets. Protect yourself. Uh, and I'm gonna always use this quote: treat marriage like a business, like a like a like a business merger. It's two corporations merging together. That's what it is in the end. So, always protect yourself, no matter what. Yeah, you may even be in love with that person, but at the same time, always protect yourself. Because I, I have friends of mine who've been divorced, you know, and they've kind of told me that too. So. Just keep that in mind. Uh, so uh, we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, so this is something uh, I, I actually got uh, asked by uh, like a loyal viewer. He wants to actually ask you about this. Is like, uh, like, what's your thoughts on you know men and women uh, discriminating potential partners based on age? So you know how like people a lot of like men and women nitpick on like like what like how old they would like they would date uh, like a, a specific person. For example, there's a lot of guys that say, hey, they would go after younger women, right? So they say, you know, uh, between the age of, like, 22 to, like, 26, 28. And then there's women that be like, you know what, I'm, I'm not even looking at younger guys. I'll just look at guys over 30, you know. And it's always for different um, uh, motivations. So, guys, what I've heard is, is like, most guys will go for younger women because they're more easily ma uh, be able to manage them and, and, you know, control them and, you know, dictate like uh, them, you know, because they're a little more inexperienced compared to women who want to go for older men because they're a lot more established, have more money, m maybe willing to spend a lot more, maybe a little bit more desperate. So, like, what's your thoughts on like uh, the age discrimination fact uh, factor of like uh, men and women looking at potential partners? Um, I think, um, I think, yeah, you will find some people have an age preference, and it really, I think it kind of depends on what stage you are in your life right like not everyone during their whole life says okay you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna be with i only want to be with someone who's five years older than me ten years older than me. you know i think it depends on the stage you are in life right like if you're a girl who's dated you know usually guys around like if, if, if there's a girl who's been dating men uh her age for the majority of her life or maybe guys younger if she's had bad experiences with that, maybe she'll say, you know what, now I want to try dating older men, men who are probably more mature, uh, more established in their careers, more established financially, 
right? Um, and a lot of men have their preferences too, right? Like, for instance, me, uh, I'm 31 years old, but um, I, my thing is I won't date anyone, you know, less than 25. Why? There's no particular reason. It's just a number I throw out there, right? Like, okay, if she's 24, 23, whatever. But I typically say no younger than 25 um, and no older than, say, 40, right? That's just my preference. Um, so for me, um, I, I'll date younger or older or within the same age range as me. But uh, uh, for men, we typically don't give a fuck because we're men, right? We just want to fuck. So if, if she's younger, if she's older, it doesn't matter. But with women, they're a bit more specific. There's some women who will only go for older guys. But again, depends on what stage she's at in her life. Uh, there's women who are open to dating younger guys. Um, so I think it's, it's not really an issue. It just depends on your preference, depending on what stage you're at in life, right? Like, like I said, for example, when I was like, 18, 19, 20, yeah, anything that's like 16 and up, 17 and up is good for me, right? Now that I'm 30 years old, I'm between 20 and 40, right? For me, the age range is fine. I'd say 25 to 40 years old um, because I also want a girl who's a little mature in the head, right? You date a girl who's 20, 21, 22. She's in, probably in that party stage of her life or she's just... You know, she's young, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know some women who... Uh, I know some women who go for older men. Why? Because they've had bad experiences with men within their age group or younger. So they go for old, older guys, and their philosophy behind it is that, you know, he's probably uh, more mature. He's settled down. He's not in that party stage of his life. You know, a well-established career, whatever. Um, that's really what it is. Uh, it's usually a woman's thing. Like I said, with men, you know, if a man is 40 or he's 30, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll date a woman who's good-looking and has a good personality. We don't really give a fuck what her age is, right? So I don't, I don't know too many men that say they have a, 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 red, a line as to what age is not suitable for them you know what i'm saying i mean obviously i'm not gonna date no fucking 60s or 70 year old but you know what i mean <laughs> fair enough then i guess that's uh your limit all uh, 60s 70s uh, the grannies oh fuck that like i'm 31 you know 40 whatever okay 45 that if, if she's good looking at that at that age right if she keeps fit if you know if she's not fucking fat and whatever but yeah, uh, typically anything, a girl who's over 25, usually at that point they're done school, they're kind of, you know, they're working, um, but they're still young and dumb, which is nice. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> always with the jokes, always with the jokes, Steve. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to another topic, and this is something um, I got, a, I, I believe I was messaged uh, this, uh, this uh, topic. Uh, so someone wanted to know, like, uh, what's your thoughts on, like, uh, in a relationship or even a marriage, like communicating roles. Uh, so like um, knowing what to expect, like once the honeymoon phase is over, right? So like, this is something I've been talking about with other people on the podcast of like, like what roles do they see themselves in that relationship or in the marriage? Obviously, this, uh, there's been people who, who prefer partnerships, 
Uh, there's, there's men who say, hey, they prefer the lead uh, regards to the relationship. There's even women that prefer the lead as well. Uh, so, like, what's your thoughts on it? Like, what's the what's the key communication uh, that you would say, uh, like, the key talking point that a guy should have and women should have in regards to, like, defining their roles? So, in the end, that when, when once they're, like, they're actually in that specific relationship or marriage, that there's no confusion what they want and, and how they can go forward without, like, you know... Because they, divorces happen most of the time because of this lack of communication, lack of, like, you know, getting that specific, hey, I do this, I am do this, you do this, you do this type of thing, you know? And you hear that most of the time, you know, people are like, oh, lovey-dovey, get married, they spend money, you know what I mean? No prenup, you know? And then three, four months later, you hear these stories of like, I hear it in the smaller community all the time, like a lot of these people get divorced all the time. It's because in the end, the guy had one picture, the woman had another picture in their head, you know? And yeah, so what's your thoughts on all that, like in regards to like communicating roles in relationships and, and uh, defined roles in marriages and stuff? So this is a, this is a good topic. It's a, it's a very important topic. Uh, it's one AMS has emphasized and, and it's what, it's what he calls um, the deal breakers, uh, relationship and dating deal breakers, and it also applies to marriage. Um, the thing is, you know, when you enter a relationship with someone, uh, and I'm this is for my guys, for my men that are listening to this, um, uh, guys, when you guys get into a relationship with a woman, um, and it also applies to marriage. You have to set your deal breakers from the beginning, right? I'm not. I'm not saying you set your deal breakers f- on your first fucking date. No, there's no feelings or emotions involved. There's no investment involved during at that early of a stage. But once time passes and you guys enter a relationship phase, right after you've passed the dating phase, you have to establish your um, your deal breakers in a relationship. And you also have to know what her deal breakers are as well, right? It's not just you, it's also her. So, for example, uh, when I get into a relationship with a girl, <laughs> I, I give her my deal breakers, right? One of them is uh, no male friends. If you want if, if we're going to be in a relationship, you got to cut out, cut out your male friends, right? I mean, we know why men want to be friends with girls. I'm not stupid. Uh, nobody's stupid, right? And I've said this before. She can be friends with a guy only based off of two things. If he's either gay or weighs 400 pounds and he's fat as fuck. Other than that, there's no male friends, okay? Because all these so-called male friends, they're like orbiters. They're like satellites. You know what I mean? They're just orbiting around her, waiting till she breaks up, and then they make their move. No, so for me, that's a deal breaker. But that also goes for me too. That means I have to compromise and I have to cut out any female friends I have, right? Right, a high and buy thing, whatever. Um, but relationships and marriages are all about compromising. Yeah, you're not gonna be in a relationship uh, to my dudes out there and still think that you're gonna be out till four in the morning and you're gonna have all these female friends and she can't do the same. No, you gotta compromise, right? It's sacrifices made on both. It's like it's like for example a business transaction when you're negotiating. A good negotiation. A good agreement is when both sides leave not getting everything they wanted. What does that mean? It means they both compromise. They both have to make sacrifices, right? So it's the same thing in relationships and marriages. Uh, you guys out there, you have to establish this from the beginning of the relationship or before the marriage. Um, for example, uh, to my dudes out there, 
a lot of dudes are don't don't think the whole you know telling her about uh, male friends as a deal breaker is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, for me, it's a self-respect thing. Second of all, I know what dudes are about. Okay. Uh, third of all, I don't want her to have that to get all that validation and attention from other guys so she can have her fucking ego boosted while she's with me. Fuck no. Okay. Um, because what happens is, if you don't mention it at the beginning to my dudes, okay, if you don't mention your deal breakers at the beginning of the relationship, but then six months down the line, you tell her, nah, I don't want you to have male friends. Now it comes out looking as an insecurity. She'll play that insecurity card. Oh, well, why are you insecure? Had you said this at the beginning of the relationship, it doesn't come out as an insecurity. It comes out as, this is my deal breaker, right? But... The problem is six months in, a year in, it's too late. Now it looks like a fucking insecurity and she'll play that insecurity card on you, okay? Another thing, for example, uh, you know, a friend of mine, he has a, a, one of his deal breakers when he's in a relationship is he expects to, uh, to get a response from her in a timely manner. Meaning like, you know, if he texts her, He's not going to accept her texting him back six, seven hours later. No, in a timely manner, within, you know, two hours or something uh, is appropriate. If you're just dating a girl, if you're not in a relationship with her, then she can fucking respond the next day. It doesn't matter. But if you're in a relationship, communication is key. You expect to have a response in a timely manner. That's also a deal breaker for me. Another deal breaker for me, um, this is more for the for the people who live together if you're in a relationship and you live together and if you're married you obviously live together is having a curfew right yeah you ain't, you ain't gonna fucking walk in at 3, 4 in the morning on a Wednesday right I would never allow that uh, to any one woman I'm with and that goes for me too I have to abide by that too right so um, but especially for marriages uh, this is very important for marriages because when you get married there's a lot of investment, right? There's a financial investment. You guys are living together, right? You're going to share expenses. You're going to raise kids. So the biggest aspect is the financial aspect. So to my dudes out there, uh, you, have to, you have to lay out what it is you expect in a marriage and what it is you want. And you have to hear her side as well. So for example, if you... Obviously, I'm assuming you guys are going to plan on having kids. If you plan to have kids, you have to have that discussion. Okay, when we have kids, if you want her to be a stay-at-home mom, right? You, you know, obviously, if they have kids, they go on, uh, what is it called? Mat leave, maternity leave, whatever the fuck it is, for a year or two. But if you're hoping, if you want her to be a stay-at-home mom for five years or for an uh, indefinite period of time, you have to lay that out from the beginning, Okay. Um, because you don't know what she's thinking on her end, right? So that's communication comes key. Uh, another thing is uh, you guys have to communicate about the expenses. Are you going to share expense? Are you? Are, how are you going to divide the expenses? If so, right? If he's going to pay for everything and she's a stay-at-home mom, okay. But yeah, deal deal breakers and communicating rules is very important. Um, because what happens is when you don't do it at the beginning. Because here's the thing. The other side doesn't know what you want or what you expect un unless you lay it out at the beginning, right? It's like, a, it's like, for example, a business arrangement, a negotiation. You negotiate when you negotiate, not 
after the negotiations been agreed and six months later you decide to change change up the contract no that's how people get sued it's the same thing in in a marriage you you that that's the whole point of the beginning of a marriage right you guys get to know each other your deal breakers this is very common most people know this um right but uh yeah this is something you have to discuss at the beginning yeah um uh, the one thing i want to add on is that uh like defining roles is fine at all but as, as long as like people agree on Twitter, right? Like, there's a lot of guys that prefer, you know, uh, like, like I even know, I have a lot of friends who are married and like, uh, um, uh, the, their wife is, like, leading the relationship and, and doing all that, and they're fine with that, you know? I, I'm, cool, I'm cool either way, like, how people prefer. If they want partnership, if they want the guy to lead, the woman to lead, it's, it's just the, like, what you mentioned earlier. If somebody changes their mind midway through, you know, and they're not sure about themselves, that's what the people have issue with. If it's a guy or a girl, like those are the ones they have to really rethink themselves. Listen, when it comes to leading, at the end of the day, a relationship or let's say marriage, at the end of the day, a marriage is a partnership, right? It takes two to make it work. So you have to define your roles from the beginning, right? Lay out a plan. Obviously, you, you don't know what the future holds, right? People change their minds. But again, when that time comes, you can discuss it, right? You can discuss it. Like, for example, uh, I know a girl, a uh, Muslim girl. I would say she's very masculine, uh, very independent, okay? Uh, she's single. She's in her 30s, right? Uh, she's been introduced to... She's been introduced to some potential, uh, you know, husbands by her family, and when she had the conversations with the men, she, she told me, for example, she was like, one man said to me, he's like, listen, when we have kids, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. She shut it down right away. So, you know, there you go. You had the deal breaker. It didn't work. She didn't agree. He didn't agree. It didn't work out. That's why it's important, right, uh, to have these talks. Now, that's her belief of how she wants to do things and whatever there's no right or wrong right but that that's the importance of having uh to set out your deal breakers because then you can filter out who's a prospect and who's not right so you're so you're not wasting each other's time but yeah um you know again like a, a marriage there's always communication right you can't expect the, the deal breakers you set out at the beginning uh, you know things change over time obviously some deal breakers are deal breakers right regardless but no in terms of role sharing and communicating that that's something that's always got to be ongoing right absolutely well said um, yeah and uh, I don't really have else to add on that uh, the last thing uh, I want to bring up is actually a story uh, that actually a brother that uh, who's a listener actually messaged me and uh, wanted your thoughts on this story uh, so this brother is a Somali brother that lives in Edmonton. Uh, so he's been talking to uh, this sister uh, in Montreal for about a year. Uh, and he's been serious about marrying her for a while. Uh, he's always been traveling to Montreal, right? Uh, always like visiting her. Uh, she's never once came to Edmonton to visit him. Um, he's already told his parents and his family about her. But she's never once mentioned uh, anything about him to her family. And the crazy part is, which is he's kind of frustrated about, is that so the entire year she's been kind of telling him, hey, my mom, my dad, my brothers have been introducing me to a bunch of other guys. 
and he's kind of been sitting on his thumbs, kind of wondering like what he should what he should do. And uh, he messaged me about this like a week or two ago, and I kind of just told him, "Hey, listen, if I were you, just like cut your losses, you know." And I actually recommended him to uh, listen to your last episode, uh, "Man, uh, Cutting Your Losses." Um, it was like end of November. Uh, so, but like he listened to it and he still wasn't quite sure. So uh, he wanted me to ask you for this specific, uh, like what what he should do in this specific situation, because uh, like he's he's traveled multiple times to see her. Uh, he's kind of like you know more or less asked for her hand in marriage. She's kind of been off on that. Uh, she's basically more or less, in my opinion, and I don't know if you can agree this all. She's kind of keeping her options open, you know, with a lot of these guys, a lot of these suitors. Her mom and her dad, her her family is introducing. Uh, and she's flying to these different cities, seeing these guys with her family, and not once has ever mentioned him. And he's flying to Montreal. He's seen her multiple times. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a head scratcher, but I want to know what's your thoughts on this and like what he should do and how guys should avoid this kind of situation. Okay, here's a good analogy. If you're pursuing a job, if you've applied to a job, and they tell you that you know. We're reviewing your application, okay? But they're also looking at other applications. And at some point, they basically tell you you're not the candidate. What are you going to do? You're going to keep pursuing that uh, job? No. They told you that they're pursuing other options for that job. Therefore, you cut your losses and you move the fuck on. Listen, to this brother, uh, the guy you mentioned, it's very simple. She wants to get married. Okay, you want to get married. You guys are on the same page in terms of that. You're both at that s- stage in your lives where you both want to get married, right? Okay, great. So you're both on the same page as that. You're both at the same stage. That's that's good. Now, the fact of the matter is she is telling you directly she's pursuing other options. She's weighing her options, which is perfectly normal. We all do it, right? She's indirectly telling you, you are not an option by her telling you, yeah, my family and I are talking to other guys. She knows that you want to get married to her. You're pursuing her. You've told her that you want to meet her family, but she's not making that happen. That tells you, my man, that she does not view you as an option, okay? Because if she had viewed you as an option, why haven't, uh, why haven't you had the chance to meet her family yet? The only thing stopping it is her right so and then she's telling you yeah she she just told you that she's pursuing other options by uh her telling you that her and her family have been talking to other guys so it's very simple it's very very simple you tell her okay well for you now it's too late but uh when in a situation like this you say okay let's have our families meet okay if she makes it happen, great. But if she's either giving you excuses or brushing it off or she's not making it happen, then you cut your losses and you move the fuck on. By you continuously pursuing it, you're just showing her that you want her more than you, that she's of higher value than you. The fact that you're always traveling to Montreal and she's never wants to come see you, who's more invested? Who's showing that they want the other person more? Obviously you, okay? That's not very attractive. You're chasing at this point, okay? It's, it's like dating. If, I, if I'm pursuing a girl, right? And I try to take her on a date. I want to take her on a date. If she comes up with excuses or, you know, brushes it off, okay, I might try again in a couple weeks. 
But at that point, if I still haven't achieved my goal, I cut my losses and I move the fuck on. Because now at that point, at that point, if you continue, well, now you're just being an orbiter, right? You're, she's kind of friend-zoned you at that point, right? So, I mean, there's not much to add, bro. You, you're not able to get that meeting with her family because she's not making it happen because she does not view you as an option. She's weighing in other options. So you just got to cut your losses and move on, bro. There's really nothing to add. It's that simple. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's not a unique story. Like, you hear these stories a lot in regards to um, these guys, you know, pursuing. And here's the thing. It, 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 it's kind of like a callback to the first time I interviewed you. Uh, and, like, uh, we were talking, like, in regards to uh, pursuing women and chasing women, right? Those are two different things, right? Uh, I'm not a fan of men chasing women because chasing is a more of a feminine trait, you know what I mean? And that's what, like, unfortunately, this brother's doing instead of pursuing, and that's like the, the the difference between the two. See, pursuing is when it's when it's equal. Pursuing is when you're gaining results, but when you are unable to achieve your goal of getting that meeting with the family, but you're always persisting on it. You're continuously months after months trying. Now you're chasing because you're always going to see her. You're always bringing up the idea of meeting her family. She's not giving you anything in return. She's not entertaining that idea of you meeting her family. You're chasing her. She has basically told you you're not an option. My man, cut your losses and move on. There's a lot of women out there. Okay, you're just not an option. It's that it's it's no different than the the job analogy I gave. And it's no different than the an analogy I gave of me trying to take a girl out on a date who won't give me a date. That's it. I cut my losses. I'm not going to fucking keep talking to her, right? She's probably thinking in her head, look, this guy's been chasing me for months. I haven't even given him the, the opportunity to meet my family. Your, your, uh, the value, your value in her eyes has gone really low. Okay, you got to walk away, my man. That's it. Yeah, but you know, it's easier said than done. A lot of guys are emotionally attached most of the time, you know? But what are you emotionally attached to? Like, the girl doesn't want you. There's no reason to be emotionally attached, right? She's laying it out for you. She does not see you as an option. Be a fucking man and cut your losses. That's it, right? These men who are emotionally attached, who are chasing a kind of girl who's not even giving them that option, uh, it's weak. It's beta. You're basically telling her you have no other options and she's your only option and that's why you keep chasing her, right? And uh, the only reason she hasn't cut contact with you is because she likes the validation you're giving her. She loves the validation, right? Women love validation. Women love it when men give them validation and, and attention, right? You're just boosting her, her ego and her putting her on a pedestal. So it's that simple. Yeah, well said. It- and think about this uh, to the Somali brother. You have no investment, no financial investment. You're not nothing. Just walk, the, walk away. Yeah, um, that's well said. Uh, this is something that we were even talking about before the podcast. You know, uh, we were obviously talking about our favorite subject, hypergamy, right? You know how, like, uh, for example, if a guy pursues a girl who's seen somebody, and we were mentioning that uh, scenario, and, like, basically, the, the only way you can't get that girl is if she's already attached to a guy, right? So, like, it's hard to break that attachment, but, you know, but at the same time, you're telling this brother, <laughs> yo, you're already attached to this girl, but this girl's already moving on, you know? It's, it's hard, you know? It's hard both ways for men and women to, you know, cut that emotional attachment and, 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 and pursue something else. But the thing is, he's emotionally attached for no good reason, though. She, 
they're not even together. That's the thing. They're not even. This, this girl's somewhere else. They're, you're not even together for there to be an emotional attachment. You've basically put all your eggs into one basket. You have one-itis. One-itis is like when a guy thinks there's only this one girl for him out of the, in the whole world. Okay, you got to let that go. You got to change that mindset. Okay? Um, it, it, it's very simple. Like I, I got nothing more to add, right? right? There's There's no reason for there to be an emotional attachment, right? You're just... Um, you're not even with the girl. She's telling you, I'm, I'm meeting other men. Like, you know what I mean? What does that say about you when you keep chasing the bitch? Move on. Wow, always, uh, always ending it with the bitch. <laughs> always. But uh, you know what? Uh, honestly, you said in the end in the previous episode that you just say it like as like your way you say it, and you don't mean it like all females as bitches. So we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, I think these are all the topics. Uh, some of them were uh, you answered them. So yeah, that's. Uh, Good enough, man. So first and foremost, Steve, uh, like I said, uh, thank you so much, man. I uh, appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, man. For the fifth time, you're the most popular uh, person on this podcast. I can't believe people have been messaging me left and right asking you to come back. You know, it's men and women, which is surprising. Usually I would thought it would be the men, but there's a lot of women that enjoy your talk because, like, for example, you keep you keep things straight. You know, you keep it real. You know, you don't, uh, you don't sugarcoat things, so... I uh, appreciate uh, you you're coming on and you know giving your two cents on a lot of the stuff. You know, uh, do you have any final words? Since this is the the last episode of the year that we're going to be doing this, so uh, do you have any final words? Any parting gifts to the listeners? Um, you know, it, it, the episodes have been great. Uh, big shout out to Sammy and the Somali Nomad for his podcast. Um, to all my dudes out there during the new year, just. You know, focus on yourselves, focus on your purpose, whatever goals you have, whether it's uh, career-related, school-related, business-related. Put that first. Put you first, right? You know, friends, hobbies. Um, and I can't stress this enough, man. Read the content from AMS, Alpha Male Strategies, uh, Rich Cooper, also known as Entrepreneurs and Cars, and Rolo Tomasi, also known as The Rational Male, uh, Go on their YouTube channels, subscribe, and just digest the content. Because like I said, we live in a feminized world, okay, um, where all the dating and relationship advice is by fraud fucking dating pickup, dating coaches who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But these men, Rolo Tomasi, Alpha Male Strategies, and uh, Entrepreneurs and Cars, those three guys, they know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, just uh, give your thoughts on this uh, episode. Uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, first things first, I want to thank uh, Red Pill Steve here to be coming back on the, uh, on the show uh, for the final time this year. You know, uh, we're deep in the heart of December, snow everywhere, you know, but we're still, you know, warming it up with his shisha pipe as usual. So, yeah, I want to thank Steve for coming on and uh, t- uh, answering some of these questions that other people have asked. Uh, so yeah, um, thank you guys uh, for listening on this bonus episode of the Somali Nomad. I am your host Sammy, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>